podcast is brought to you by Mark Gobert, the author of a new book entitled An End to Upside Down Thinking, dispelling the myth that the brain produces consciousness and the implications for everyday life. Please listen to podcast number 697, where Mark and Greg have a very lively discussion about the evidence that upends the scientific and public belief that the material is the foremost reality and how that reversal explains our seeming wizard-like abilities. In End to Upside Down Thinking, marshals clear evidence and makes the case that consciousness is the force that precedes matter. Please join Mark Gober and Greg on podcast number 697 as they discuss this compelling evidence about where consciousness emanates from. If you want to learn more about Mark Gober and his new book entitled An End to Upside Down Thinking, please visit www markgober.com Thanks for listening. Welcome back to Inside Personal Growth. This is Greg Voice and the host of Inside Personal Growth. And uh, what I love to do all the time, Doug, is let my listeners know how grateful I are for, are for them. Uh, people join us from around the world, been listening to the show 14 years. Uh, we've got a lot of faithful listeners out there. Thank each and every one of you for your feedback, your support, uh, and continuing to support Inside Personal Growth. And today joining us from Portland, Oregon is Doug Nell. And did I say that right, Doug? Uh, Neil. 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 Okay. Good to be here. Thanks, All Greg. right. It's spelled a little bit different, but uh, mm -hmm. with two L's. And Doug actually is a referral... Uh, for all of you who know my book from Michael Rohde and Michael has uh, is very well ensconced in the sketch noting uh, area. And my book was completely sketch noted by Mike and Doug is a friend of Mike's who's got a program that I just fell in love with when I started watching the video recordings Um called from visual or I should say verbal to visual. Um, and I just want to tell people a little bit about you, Doug, before we actually start into the questions about what you do, why you do it, um, and how you can help some other people with this. Uh, in 2011, uh, Doug got his master's of arts in teaching from Pacific University with a secondary certificates in math, science, and ESL. Um, he actually, he was pulled over into the world of visual thinking and he documented his skills development, um, over at the graphic recorder. And we're going to put a link to that, Doug, because it actually shows you graphically pulling your stuff together. And in 2013, he launched verbal to visual to help others develop their sketch noting skills. And he's built six courses today, um, an introduction to visual note-taking, how to make sketch noting videos, sketch noting the classroom, learn in public, learn new language in sketch notes, and build an online course in sketch notes. And he really has become quite the, how do I want to call it, uh, purveyor of this art. It's an art and a talent. And it's something that all the sketch noters tell me that almost any one of us can learn. Um, and the reality here is, I think if you practice this, and Doug's going to show us, 
and he's going to talk with us about it. And there's going to be some links in this blog for you to actually see how Doug does this. Now, Doug, uh, first thing I think before, you know, when you look at your degrees and you look at your background, you obviously were pulled over into this. This wasn't where you started and you got sucked into it and it's become a whole career for you. Um, what was your passion for wanting to learn this part of visual arts and in particular this sketch noting process that kind of drew sucked you in and really has kind of enveloped your whole life? Yeah, so it was kind of a uh, fortuitous series of events that kind of led me down this particular path. Um, the time when I first came across this idea of sketchnoting, even before I knew that that term sketchnoting exists, so before I had come across the work of Mike Rohde, um, this all happened a little bit after I got my teaching degree. I was substitute teaching here in Portland, uh, and I very much love the world of education, but I could tell pretty early on that uh, jumping into the world of full-time teaching just wasn't quite the right fit for me. So I was kind of on the lookout for something else to do, maybe to complement a half-time teaching position or maybe to jump into something new entirely. And uh, at, at that time, I was watching a lot of TED Talks and I happened to stumble across Sonny Brown's TED Talk on the power of doodling. Uh, which is a great talk. It's a short, I think it's just six minutes, but it kind of opened up my mind to the, uh, this kind of creative way of working with ideas. Um, up until that point, I didn't consider myself to be an artist or an illustrator. I wasn't a doodler really growing up, at least not after second or third grade, but um, I'd always been kind of interested in developing some sort of a creative skill. And when I saw this talk on the power of doodling, that kind of sucked me into that world where I kind of got familiar with graphic recording and sketch noting. And uh, it seemed like a skill that not only I wanted to develop for my own personal uses, but I could kind of tell early on that it was a powerful enough thing that uh, it could be a skill that you could build a career around. Um, and I experimented a little bit with kind of using that skill as a service. That's one of the things that graphic recording is about. Folks who might go to a conference or a meeting and kind of map out ideas while conversations are happening. Uh, that wasn't quite the right fit for me either. Uh, so I kind of swung back to the world of education since, as you mentioned, that's what my degree is in. And um, after I got a lot of experience with this skill uh, started teaching it and chose to do that online and make the videos that you've mentioned and uh, have really been enjoying that format. Uh, just kind of setting up a camera over a desk, uh, sketching things out, recording some narration and then kind of weaving the two together. Um, yeah. And you're, you're, you're very, ma you're very masterful at it and you've got a and just a unique technique. I wouldn't say that everybody could do what you could do, but they could do their own thing, you know? Um, and, you know, for many of us, we have doodled and I doodled when I was a kid, you mentioned that in the classroom. Um, many times I got caught for it and they said, Hey, <laughs> pay attention. Um, and I was going to ask you this question. Why in your estimation 
do most of us lose this skill? And why do we become so inhibited about what we draw? I think we're so self-conscious um, that True. even for me at, you know, a later stages in life here, you know, um, okay, I doodle on the page, but that's doodles. Those doodles are the things that I see. I don't show those to anybody else. Um, and I think we do have this psychological block around, wow, we're going to be judged. Mm-hmm. If you would, you know, could you open up that world of, you know, even you, you, you just mentioned, you said, well, I wasn't, you know, really in this, but you had to break through and start figuring this out. And I think that's the first step is to get over this psychological barrier of being judged by others. Yeah, yeah. And I think there are a, a couple of things going on there. One is that um, at about that time, I think, in the progression of our formal education, somewhere around second or third or fourth grade, um, I feel like up until that point, kind of doodling as a form of expression is kind of encouraged in schools. But after that point, things very much lean on the verbal processing side of things. Um, and the continued development of the visual processing kind of fades away uh, in terms of skills that we're encouraged to develop. Um, So if that skill isn't really being reinforced on the instructional side, uh, that's one piece of it. And then I think another kind of that might be the, the age when you might be exposed to comic books or other art forms and the act of drawing kind of I think starts to live in a different category in your mind where it's not something that everybody does. It's just something that artists do. Uh, And I think those two things make it uh, easy to kind of internalize that self-judgment about our own uh, doodles, even uh, doodles that aren't meant to be art, but meant just to be um, a way of working with ideas that judgment comes in and uh, it takes some, some effort and practice, absolutely, to kind of overcome that. Uh, but I think that with practice, uh, you can learn to start making marks that aren't letters anymore, and you can kind of build up, um, starting with some simple symbols and icons, and you can kind of take your, your drawing skills as far as you want, or you know, just get to the point where you add a little bit of symbolic representation to your notes. Uh, there's a lot of flexibility, I think, in the way you develop these visual skills and a lot of opportunities to tailor them to your specific purposes, whether mm-hmm. it's just for your own learning or like you mentioned with Mike illustrating your book, if you want to use this as a tool to present ideas, there's lots of opportunities there. Um, so it's that tailoring aspect that I enjoy about this whole field and this whole process. And uh, that's one of the things that I like to help folks do. And a lot of what I do, I feel like, is just experimenting with different approaches, sharing those approaches, and encouraging folks to pull from the things that they enjoy that they think might be useful for them. Yeah, and you know, it is, uh, you mentioned um, uh, the, uh, the, the, the career that one might take to be a graphic facilitator. To, but that's like that's like a real-time meeting that people are asking people to say, capture what's going on in this meeting. And we know the mind is this amazing tool. And, you know, neurologically, 
and also mentally to actually prepare that. Um, Sketchnoting allows our minds to connect with our hands and to bring these thoughts alive. Um, What is it like when you're turning on that camera and Mm. you're actually sketchnoting something for the first time without fixing it? Um, Mm. You know, speak with us if you would, because there's got to be a process going on with inside of Doug Neal that's like, okay, you know, I'm not going to take this once, twice, three times, right? I'm not going to do this take over and over and over again. Um, And have you just become so proficient that you feel comfortable with it? Or is it just something that you think a lot of people could learn relatively quickly? Yeah. So if you do uh, choose to put a camera on your work or do it live in front of other people there is that element of added pressure uh of course there's the opportunity to just do it entirely on your own that's what i do you know 95 percent of the time when i'm uh doing my sketch noting work uh but i think no even even when you're doing it on your own you might feel uh pressure around wanting to do it well uh and i think for me, what I've found to be uh, the best strategy for overcoming that pressure uh, is specifically developing a process. You mentioned process there. And uh, what I find to be helpful is prior to jumping into any sketch noting session, uh, you do you make some decisions about how you're going to approach the, the blank page. So you actually storyboard. You're, you're storyboarding. Uh, not storyboarding. No. So the when I say developing a process, it's not actually listening to the information and uh, doing a rough draft. It's more deciding, okay, here are the two colors I'm going to use. Let's say I'm, I've got this black marker and this red one, and those are the only two colors I'm going to use. And I've decided that I'm going to use this particular approach to layout as I fill the page. Maybe I'll divide it up into columns and I'll move top to bottom, or maybe I'll do something more like a mind map where I'll start in the center and then kind of grow out from there. Uh, So I think it's uh, possible as you experiment with the the types of tools that you could build into the sketchnoting process, you kind of decide, okay, I'm going to use these handful of tools in this note-taking session to Mm -hmm. build some constraints around the process so that it's not totally wide open, but instead you know uh, just a few things that you're going to work with um, as you're capturing whatever it is that you're listening to. Um, with that said, some of my videos are, uh, a, a lot of them are instructional in nature. And with those ones, I've, you know, kind of mapped out what I want to share. So often with the videos that I record, I will be looking at um, kind of a rough draft version of it. Uh, but there are some videos out there where I'll um, just be listening to a podcast conversation for the first time. I will have some process in mind and I'll kind of be sketchnoting it out live. Uh, It's almost like in the days, you you know, Doug, when you were teaching, teachers do a lesson plan, right? And um, you're supposed to have those lesson plans done before you actually go into the classroom. And it it seems to me like a lesson plan is a good uh, way to articulate maybe how people want to think about this, you know, how are you going to lay it out and what are you going to want to teach today? Now, 
we all know the picture is worth a thousand words. And I'd like to get your opinion. What is it about sketch noting? Because this has become a whole area. There's thousands of people nationwide in Europe. It's really big. Um, it's grown into this army of sketch noters. Why do you believe that this captures the audience attention? You know, RSA came out with these things. We saw Daniel yeah. Pink come on with RSA and people would sketch onto the board when he was talking and the, there's got to be something going on between our mind and the way that this process captures attention. Because in my estimation, I know we're, as learners, we're visual, we're audio, we're kinesthetic, we learn in different ways, but most people can relate to this. This is kind of a universal thing. What's actually going on? Yeah. So uh, I think the, the most important piece to that whole puzzle there is the fact that since we are visual beings, we depend so much on our visual sense uh, that has resulted in our uh, brain, like more of our brain is dedicated to the visual sense than any other. Uh, so our brain is really good at processing visual information. And I think that when you combine that with the um, active learning, the active listening, the processing that sketchnoting requires, that makes for a really powerful combination. Uh, and so, so that when you're taking in something new, rather than just kind of passively consuming it, you're actively processing that information, trying to imagine what sort of visual form it might take. And then, as you mentioned, actually making marks on the page uh, to, to represent that information, it just leads to a lot more engagement um, than if you weren't doing those things. And I think it's that engagement that makes the information stick. Yeah, it really does. And it's, um, it's just so fascinating to me, and I'm glad that I can expose my listeners to this. And so... Because there's a lot of people out there that listen to my show that are in business, own their own businesses, um, in some way are involved in middle management and companies or upper management. How are you finding use of this sort of visual communications in business? And if so, what has been kind of the most successful application that you yourself have been able to apply this to? Hmm. So... I would say for me personally, since I've kind of gone down this solopreneur route, um, I don't have that personal experience within uh, a business or an organizational setting. So from, from my perspective, um, the, the power that I see with this tool for individuals in any workplace is the opportunity to uh, capture the ongoing learning that's required for any job these days, right? Like things are progressing at a rate where um, you can't really afford to be stagnant in your career in terms of what you're learning. But the world is moving in a little bit too fast of a pace. So I find sketchnoting to be a tool to aid in that ongoing professional development uh, from a personal level. That's why I'm most drawn to this skill, um, but because of the work that I've done at Verbal to Visual, I've had the opportunity to connect with folks in all sorts of different situations, a lot of teachers, a lot of folks working at various levels within organizations, 
And what I've heard from them is that there's also this power uh, once folks get even just a little bit comfortable with this skill, decide to kind of take that leap in a meeting, maybe just a couple people, maybe three, four, five, deciding to jump up to the whiteboard. And as you're having a conversation, being that person that kind of maps it out as it's happening to keep everybody on the same page so you're not having conversations in circles. I think that's the, um, the largest benefit within a group setting, uh, having the opportunity to create this visual reference that um, allows you to be better problem solvers as a group and uh, stay on track in a way that you wouldn't be able to do if you're only having conversations, only relying on those verbal skills and hoping that you remember the important points along the way. So for the continual learners out there who are listening, which has got to be 99.9% of my audience, if not a hundred, they wouldn't be listening. Yeah. You're, you're saying that you can help teach them how to do this through your courses so that they can apply this in whatever application it might be. And they can master the skill for work and life and they can improve their own skill set, making themselves more valuable in their work life or their personal life. Right. I would say absolutely. Yes. Okay. Um, And one small thing I'll, I'll add to that is that, what I found to be interesting for me is that um, I think I, I got into this skill because I saw its practical applications. Um, what has surprised me a little bit too is the fact that for me, sketchnoting has kind of been a, a gateway drug of sorts into a, a broader world of, of creativity. Mm-hmm. Um, and I appreciate how sketchnoting kind of opened me up to uh, more creative outlets and has kind of even just built my own creative confidence. I think it's part of the reason that I've, you know, decided to make videos and kind of build my own business. Uh, I think part of that is connected to what sketchnoting opened up for me. So that's another piece that I like about it is that, yes, there are these practical applications, um, but I think it also has the opportunity to help folks develop um, just general creative skills uh, that can be transferred to other areas that can kind of give you more creative confidence in your work, no matter what field you're in or what particular thing you're pursuing. Yeah. And as we said earlier, I think it is about breaking that barrier about our inhibitions about, you know, how good are we at this? I think you've just got to start doing it. And, you know, you help make this process easier because you give, you have these videos, instructional videos, you have courses, um, you kind of take the baby steps with people, kind of show them through the process. What are some of the tools that people would need? And obviously you have a course to help guide us to make this more comfortable. Um, Can you explain kind of a little bit about the process? We're going to put links obviously to your website. Um, You've got a lot of free ones and then you've got um, some paid courses as well. Um, But if you would maybe give us a little bit idea what it is that you're providing people. 
Yeah, so from a tools perspective, what's nice is that uh, to Sketchnote, literally all you need is something to write with and something to write on. So any pen and piece of paper, uh, whiteboard and marker, uh, iPad and stylus, you know, what, whatever uh, the combination you're most comfortable with is a great way to start. Um, you don't have to go out and buy a fancy new notebook and expensive pens. Uh, so just with whatever materials on hand, you can begin doing this. And uh, I think a, a great place to go from there is just starting to, uh, I think it is the drawing piece, even though drawing, I consider drawing to just be one component of many and kind of what sketchnoting is all about. For me, kind of doing things like identifying what you want to get out of that particular note-taking session, kind of getting to the deeper why, like Simon Sinek talks about, like that's an important piece as well. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, But from a drawing perspective, starting to make the transition um, from making uh, marks just in letter form, like if you can write A, B, and C, those are just combinations of straight lines and curved lines. Uh, it's kind of a natural progression to go from there to uh, doing things like drawing a mug or a pencil or um, any simple icon like that. And by slowly building that visual vocabulary, which is one of the things that we start with as far as the um, instructional materials that I put out there, um, the more you grow that visual library and become comfortable making marks that aren't just letters, uh, the easier it is to start bringing those into the note-taking process. Um, so the way I tend to approach the development of this skill is first um, doing that uh, initial work of building some of those core skills right. of building up a bit of a visual vocabulary and then getting back to the piece that we talk about in terms of um, addressing the pressures or the anxieties that you might feel, moving from there to actually um, developing a bit of a process for how you want to approach capturing the ideas on the page. So now, I you know, tackle that of, question of, of layout. And one of the things in that layout that you talked about, and I think if people go into meetings, and this has come to my mind so many times because, you know, again, I haven't taken the time to practice this and I need to. And it's been something that's, you know, been on my mind for well over a year at this point. And I think between you and Mike, you're kind of pushing me to go do that. But I keep on thinking, you know, as I've interviewed, so many people are kind of around or in this field. And we were talking about David Sibbett before, you know, he's helped to create templates for people. And what I think is one way to get people through their inhibitions is if they're going to have these meetings, if maybe there were five or six different templates and they virtually kind of drew over them, if they knew what it was mm. going to be. Um, mm -hmm. It's a bit of a cheat. I agree. But it's also kind of a, how do you want it's It's a baby step for people uh, to get there. Right. So that their artwork, have you created any of those templates? Um, are, are you, you know, are you thinking about that? Because there's so many standard areas where we go into business meetings and we say, okay, well, we got a template for the business meeting or we got the template for this meeting or that meeting. And normally when you're in these meetings, that's what you're thinking about doing. Um, any thoughts on that? 
Yeah, I do think that that can be a helpful way to start using this skill um, in it. For me, that falls into that category of a, a helpful constraint, a creative constraint. Right. Having that template, those kind of lines that are already on the page that help you, uh, that, that essentially give you containers for where ideas can go um, so that you don't have to worry about that piece and you can just focus instead on what goes inside of those containers. Um, and I have created a, a handful of those that are um, fairly kind of general in nature. So some that look more like mind maps, others that uh, might have a column approach. Um, so I've created some generalized templates, but I haven't yet delved into that world of kind of more um, specialized templates for a particular business setting. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if uh, digging into the work of David Sibbett or um, Dan Rome is another person. I don't know if you've come across him. He also lives at the, the intersection of visual thinking and business. Uh -huh. uh, I, I feel like those two folks might um, have those specific types of templates that, that you're describing. Uh -huh. uh, but I do, I do believe in, in the power of, of something like that. Yeah, and I and I just wanted to bring it up because I think for some of our listeners out there, they can go up and get your videos, um, which we're going to encourage them to do. Um, but at the same time, what book would you recommend, if it's Mike's, that's fine, that might accompany, because I think sometimes when people are watching your videos, and I have, they're not intimidating, they're great. And I'm going to encourage everybody here, when you press on these links, just watch these videos because that's going to help you get over the inhibition. But I think some people like to have that aid on the paper next to them to the right, whereas right. it's on the left. Um, and many of these books uh, do that. Is there, is there one book in particular that you would recommend that is kind of an aid that might go along with them watching your videos? Um. I do have some book recommendations. Uh, they might uh, actually be better served as like standalone books to to dig into. Um, and I literally just turned around and, and looked at my bookshelf here and a couple uh -huh. stood out based on the conversations we've been having so far. Um, one is Game Storming, uh, a book with three authors. Dave Gray, Sonny Brown, and James Macanufo. Uh, but it was Sonny Brown that gave that TED Talk that I referenced earlier. Um, but that is kind of a, a game-changing book because it provides the type of templates and specific activity instructions meant for the business setting um, that I think could be really useful. Um, so that would be, I think, as a as a singular book, I would definitely check that one out. Um, but then also the uh, next book by Sonny Brown, The Doodle Revolution. Uh, I would highly recommend that one uh, as well. Lots of good specific tips to be able to both develop and and apply these skills. That's awesome, and that's a great way for our listeners uh, to do this. And Doug, what I'm going to do is let our listeners know um, Doug's website is verbaltovisual.com. That's V-E-R-B-A-L-T-O, not the number two, visual, V-I-S-U-A-L.com. 
you can learn more. He's got a plethora of free things at his website. And then he also has courses that you can sign up for. He's also on Patreon. Um, and you've got your own channel. Is it just a uh, Doug Neal? dot com correct people can go to uh yes i dougneal.com will uh take you to a page that then kind of points to my two main projects going on right now verbal to visual being one of them and then uh the podcast is a second one a newer project that the patreon you mentioned is associated with and that project is more geared uh specifically for folks who want to build their own sustainable creative career. Um, so that's uh, a good place to go for, for checking both of those things out, DougMeal.com. Well, Doug, it's been a pleasure having you on Inside Personal Growth. And from all of my listeners, again, go to verbaltovisual.com uh, to learn more about Doug, his courses, how to get started. Um, very reasonable to do this. Um, the investment that you would make would be minimal to learn this. Doug's given us a recommendation to a couple of books as well. One called Game Storming. Um, the other one by Sonny Brown called Doodle. What was it? Doodling? Doodle Revolution. The Doodle, Doodle, Re Doodle Revolution. So there is uh, a plethora out there, but if you're looking for video, which is really, let's face it, it's visual. Uh, this is an opportunity for you to land at the spot where somebody's actually making a huge difference with people. Um, Doug, it's been a pleasure having you on, and I look forward to doing another podcast with you as well. Thanks, Greg. It's been great chatting with you. 